Welcome to Relation Fix, the podcast dedicated to creating healthy, happy, and passionate connections with our loved ones. I'm Shana Dubay, your host. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here today. This episode is a little bit like our quick tips episode from the past, but I really just had some interesting things floating around in my head lately, and they all kind of match up, but I wanted to talk about some things that have been on my mind. I spend a lot of time listening to clients, thinking about my own relationships, and one of the things that continues to come up for people is wanting other people to do things their way. It's something that I definitely do. I want people to do things the way that I want them to. And we spend so much time and energy attempting to get other people to act the way we want them to act. So I'm sitting on the couch the other day, scrolling through my TikTok feed, which I know you guys feel me on that. And who pops up but Mel Robbins. And I think I've talked about her before on the podcast, but she is a life coach. She's an author. She's really amazing. Her work is amazing. On the five-second rule, check out you know any of her videos. She's always got really good advice. But she said that she came up with this skill or technique that she started using, and it's called let them. So the idea is that... We spend so much time and energy attempting to control other people that it creates so much pain and resentment and anger in our relationships. So what we should do instead is just let them do what they want to do. So if your friends all go out to dinner together and they don't invite you, let them. If your partner doesn't follow through on a chore that they said that they would, let them. If your family decides to remain friends with your ex, let them. The beauty of this is, is that you're not expending energy anymore attempting to control everyone's behavior. Now, the best part of this and the key to this is that once you allow them to just be themselves without you trying to change them or make them into something else that they aren't, what ends up happening is you get to see who they really are. They show themselves to you. And then you get to decide what you're going to do about it. You get to decide if there's boundaries you want to set. You get to decide if there's decisions that you want to make in regards to these relationships. There's a technique that I use with my clients all the time. And I've, I've used this multiple times in my own life. And it's called spheres of influence. So essentially what it looks like is you have a blank sheet of paper, just uh, eight and a half by 11, like a normal piece of paper. And you make a smaller circle in the middle and then a bigger circle around it. The small circle is all the things I can control. The bigger circle around it is all the things I can influence. And everything outside of those two spheres is all the things I cannot control. So you can use this for specific situations. You can use it in general. I'm going to put a copy of one, a blank one, and also one that is filled out in the show notes so you guys can see what it looks like. But the idea is 
that you get to break down what are the things that are bothering me the most and where do they land in my spheres of influence. I'm going to skip to the end for you on this and that really the only thing that is inside the I can completely control circle is you. That's it. You can control your decisions You can control your thoughts. You can control your actions. It's hard to sometimes control our emotions because they kind of come up sometimes in reaction to what's going on. But what we do in response to our emotions, we have control over. We definitely have control over ourselves. We have control over our state. We get to decide if we're going to live in a painful state or a beautiful state. And there are techniques and things you can do to change your state. We have the ability to do it. Everything outside of ourselves, we might have some influence over. We can have some influence over our kids. If we are mad, we might have some influence over our partners. But in reality, other people, we don't have control over unless they're willing to give it to us. If you think about the things that bother you the most, the things that are hardest, When I sit and talk with my clients, I guarantee you 99% of the things that are bothering them most are things that are outside of their spheres of influence every single time. It just is. Also for myself, it's outside my spheres of influence. So if you let them, if you allow them to be who they are, then you get to move back into your spheres of influence and make choices. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to cut them out of your life, although in reality, there are some toxic relationships that we do need to just get rid of. Even in our own families, sometimes that's really hard to distance ourselves because we want to be close with our family, but I know that there are people out there who have had to distance themselves from certain family members who just are toxic people. So the lesson of let them is, Don't waste your time and energy focusing on things you don't actually have any control over. I know it's hard to let them go, but you just, you have to. Otherwise, you're in this constant tension, push and pull. I don't know if anyone has seen this movie, but it's probably like 10, 15 years old now. But there was a movie called The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. And I kind of chuckle about it now. Obviously, they break up in the movie. I I hope I didn't spoil that for anyone, but it's called The Breakup, so I don't think it's a surprise. (laughs) There's a scene that I call the dishes scene. And Jennifer is standing there and saying to her boyfriend, Vince Vaughn, that they had just had this big dinner party, and she's like, I'm going to go do the dishes. And he's like, oh, awesome. He's playing video games. And she's like, it would be really nice if you would come and do the dishes with me. And he's like, oh, I just really want to relax. And he kicks back and he's playing like Grand Theft Auto or something like that. And she's like, I just, he's like, oh, we'll just do them tomorrow. And she's like, but I I don't want to do them tomorrow. I want to do them tonight. I like to have the dishes done. I like to wake up to a clean kitchen. And basically, you know, his whole response is, I don't want to do it. And she says, I want you to help me do the dishes. And so he kind of throws his controller down and gets up and reluctantly goes to help her. And she goes, you know what? Never mind. I don't want you to do it. He goes, I don't understand. You just said you wanted me to help you do the dishes. Now you're telling me 
that you don't want me to do the dishes. I don't understand. She's like, I want you to want to do the dishes. And he's like, why would I want to do the dishes? Who wants to do the dishes? Why would anyone want to? And she's like, you want to help the person that you love. And so you can watch the rest of the scene. It's on YouTube. And it kind of leads into all of these other aspects of their relationship. But in that moment, she had a choice. She asked him. She was very direct. She said, it would be nice if you would come and help me do the dishes. And he said no. And so you can see as you watch the scene evolve, and I know it's a movie, but it's so indicative of life. You can watch how if she had just let him do that, what ended up happening instead of her trying to control his behavior, which she continues to do throughout the whole scene, and he tries to do to her throughout the whole scene, what ends up happening is it causes this huge argument and then they break up. Now, does she have a point? Absolutely. 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 But I think what ends up happening is she gets to look at him and say, okay, sit on the couch, play GTA. But then when she goes in the other room and she decides that she's going to do the dishes, that's when she returns to what she does have control over. And she either sets a boundary with him and says, this isn't appropriate. I want a partner who's willing to help me. Or she says, this isn't the right relationship with me. I want to have a partner who wants to help me. And so we're not going to make it. And she gets to make a decision based on her internalized space. And she would have saved herself from that whole argument, allowing him to do that. Now, clearly, they were not the right partners for each other. But we do this all the time. I literally just did it last night with Melissa where she didn't do something that she said she was going to do. And so I went and did it and we ended up having kind of a little argument around it. And so this is something that I think pops up in a lot of our lives and we're busy. Things are really hard. And one of the things that I've talked about sort of briefly in different episodes of the podcast is this idea of kin keeping. So kin keeping is basically like the management of all the little things that keep family and friends connected. So those are remembering birthdays, anniversaries, getting gifts and cards, doing things like scheduling doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, you know, managing the calendar, planning and scheduling vacations, and oftentimes packing, getting everything together, also keeping in touch with different households and doing the things that sort of strengthen integral bonds. Kin keeping is often emotional labor done out of a sense of obligation and emotional attachment. It requires really good organizational skills and executive functioning, and it disproportionately falls on the shoulders of women or the feminine of the family. So when we're kind of looking at the things that happen in the let them sequence, right? Or we think about the breakup again. The idea that she would have to go after cooking and hosting and now go and clean and do all of those things, those very much are sort of kin-keeping activities. And what she was asking for was someone to help. Back when women mostly stayed home, a lot of those things fell on the shoulders of the woman because a man went outside the home to work. 
that was very much the traditional relationship for heterosexual people in the 40s, 50s, and probably before that. Women didn't work in the same way that they do now. If we fast forward to now, women have to work outside the home because of the way that pay is, the way that our economy is set up, the way that capitalism is set up in this country. Oh, that that could be a whole other podcast. Don't get me started on that. But it requires two incomes. Most households require two incomes in order to function, to just have what you need basically to survive. But what ended up happening was when women started going to work, now we have to go to work, but we also have to do those other things too. Disproportionately, it lands on women. It just does. And so when I think about you know some of my own relationships, like with my daughter, now my daughter's father is very involved. He's a good guy. He sees her often. He takes care of things. But when it comes to day-to-day things, when it comes to registering her for school, making sure she has new clothes, making sure she has all of her school supplies, school's coming up, all of that's going to land on me. Making sure she gets dentist appointments, doctor's appointments, making sure all of her paperwork is done, making sure that she has food every day, packing lunches, making sure she gets dropped off and picked up. All of those things that have to happen, making sure the all the little birthdays of her little friends are all done, like all of those kinds of things, he doesn't have to worry about because I'm the one doing it. Even things like general hygiene, brushing her teeth, brushing her hair, those types of things that allow her to grow up happy and healthy oftentimes fall on our shoulders. The importance of kinkeeping, there has to be a kinkeeper. It has to happen because those things really promote family closeness and bonds. And so my experience of that is often that it falls on the women's shoulders. So a good example, my family is here from the West Coast and we threw a birthday party for my nephew. He was turning 11 and we are throwing this birthday party. And when, what I notice is we have probably 30 people coming. It's a pool party and everything. And the women are in and out of the kitchen, pulling food out, putting things out, making sure the decorations are up, making sure that he has a present, his cards, making sure the cakes come out, all this stuff. And most often, the men in my family, are they're all sitting at the table, having some drinks, talking, just like shooting the shit. And the women are in, out, in, out, putting this here, putting that there, filling the coolers, making drinks for the kids, making sure the kids have something to eat, making plates for everyone else before themselves. And I can only speak from my own experience. I do those things in my own life because I really love my kid. I love my family and I want to help them. At the same time, it's incredibly taxing. We could get so much more done if we had more hands. Now, I will say one thing about that is that women tend to be very specific and very detail-oriented. So there are often times where men will jump in and try to help. And if they don't quite know exactly how to do it, or if we want it done a very specific way, because we can be that way, (laughs) I can admit that to myself. I know that sometimes they're not quite sure what to do. Or exactly how to get that done in a way that we will approve of instead of just saying, hey, just just let me do it. I think we do that a lot too. So we kind of 
pigeonhole ourselves in that role in some way because we want things done a very specific way. And so for my women and feminine out there, if you have a man or a masculine person in your life who's willing to jump in and help, let them. Let them do it. It's okay if it doesn't come out perfect. We struggle with perfectionism, right? It's okay if it doesn't come out perfect. It's okay if it's not exactly right. It's not exactly the way that you would have done it. Just let them. Don't criticize them. Just be grateful that they want to help out. Sometimes it's hard being seen and we feel like things have to be very perfect or our worth is not going to be there. Oftentimes our worth is wrapped up in what we can do for everyone else. But just let them help because they're more likely to continue to jump in if we're supportive and we say thank you. And men out there, our masculine folks, it's okay to show your gratitude and let them know how appreciative you are for what they do in your life. When I think about kin keeping and the pressure that happens, another thing that kind of comes up for me is anticipating needs. We've talked a little bit about having good communication and not expecting your partner to mind read, not expecting them to know exactly what to do all the time. But there is really a difference between mind reading and anticipating someone else's needs. So this is a good example. If you know that your partner every single morning gets up and has a routine, you can get up and take part in that routine. That's anticipating that this is going to happen. So every single morning, my alarm goes off. I get up. I get dressed. I get my kid up. I get her dressed. We go downstairs. We pack a lunch. We comb her hair. We get everything ready, socks on, shoes on, dressed, all of those things. It's the same routine every single morning, Monday through Friday. So if Melissa was to get up in the morning and go downstairs and pack Evie's lunch or get her hair brushed or make sure she had a clean outfit on or do all of those things that have to happen in the morning, I would be so grateful for that because it helps. It helps take a load off. Now, I didn't ask her to do it, but she can anticipate that those things are going to have to be done. And so when that happens, it gives you an opportunity to breathe for a second and take care of yourself. Oftentimes, especially moms, we're not given that opportunity. There's nobody out there going, hey, you took really good care of yourself today. You're such a good mom. Like, no, nobody's saying that. And our value doesn't just come from what we can do for our children or our partners or our families. We have inherent value and we need to take care of ourselves. So if we have other people who anticipate needs and kind of meet us in that space and help take the burden off a little bit, then it's really, really helpful. It's something that allows us to breathe a little bit, to take good care of ourselves. I'm not advocating mind reading. I'm going to give you a good example. So the other day, I 100% thought I was right about this, but in talking with other people and thinking about it myself, I, I realized the error in my ways. But Melissa and I bought a new house, as you guys know, and the kitchen is being redone downstairs. And so we knew we had to empty the kitchen out. And one of the things that we had to do was move the fridge which, you know, it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to move a fridge sometimes. 
On top of the fridge, because we had basically no counter space, we put the microwave, which is a horrible place to have a microwave because now you're trying to like reach up above your head and that's great for like hot food, right? And she's going to dump it on your head. But I knew that we needed to take that off of there. So I was reaching up to pull the microwave off and it was much heavier than I thought. So Melissa was standing there and I said, oh my God, this is so much heavier than I remember it being. And I've kind of like teetering with this, this microwave and there was a plant on the counter. So Melissa moved the plant out of the way and then she just sort of stood there holding the plant. And I'm like struggling with this microwave. And I finally like get my arm underneath it because of course reaching above your head, also you don't have the greatest arm strength. So I'm like, I'm I'm trying to like hold it. And I finally like struggle and I get it down and slams on the top of the counter. And I just kind of look at her and I go... (laughs) I'm trying to be the best communicator I can, right? And I say, it really makes me feel irritated that you didn't help me with the microwave. And she says, you didn't ask me to help you. And so I said, I know I didn't ask you to help me, but you could see that I was struggling. And I said, wow, this is much heavier than I thought it was going to be. And she said, well, I saw that the plant was in the way. So I moved the plant out of the way. And I didn't know that you needed help because you didn't ask me. And so it turns into like this kind of back and forth of like me saying, you should have anticipated that I needed the help once I started to struggle. Because if it was me and I saw someone struggling, what I would say was, hey, let me help you with that. But then I'm making the assumption that everyone thinks exactly the same way. So after talking to a couple of other people about it, uh, particularly one of my cousins, she's like, you should have just asked for help, which is sometimes hard for me. I don't want to have to ask for help all the time. But in that moment, what I realized was I was asking her to mind read because I could have just said, hey, can you help me with this? But I didn't. And so instead, I got irritated that she didn't do that. That's a mind reading thing. That's not an anticipating needs. Although I can see how I think that's true. Good communication is really important. You really want to make sure that you're not asking people to mind read that what's happening is you are communicating what you need. But it is okay for your partner to say, I do know that these things need to be done on a regular basis, so I'm going to jump in and do it. I'm going to look around. I'm going to see the things that need to be done. I'm going to anticipate that the trash needs to be taken care of, that the vacuuming needs to be done, that, you know, Evie needs to be taken care of. That's a thing about teamwork, is looking around and seeing the things that need to be done and jumping in without always having to be asked. This is the other thing I want to say about that. If the other person is constantly waiting to be asked to do things, it requires organization by the person asking. So for me, I'm not always the most organized person and I have a lot going on. So if Melissa or Rich or other people are waiting for me to tell them what to do, it requires me to be super organized, which is something that I have is challenging for me. So if they have the ability to sort of look at something and say, oh, I know that she's going to have trouble with this or this thing needs to get done, let me just do it, that takes off so much weight from my plate. And just as like a little side note here, it definitely feels like a nagging thing. So I feel internally, and I don't know if other people feel this way too, but this is definitely my thought process around it is, if I ask for help, and I ask, and I ask, and I ask, and I ask, 
then I feel like a nagging person. I feel like I'm like that stereotypical wife and mother that's always ordering everyone around. And I don't want to feel that way. And I think also too, there's a lot of like shame and negative feelings surrounding that, that stereotype. And so I don't want to be that person, but if I don't ask for what I need, then I don't get it met and so much more falls on my shoulders. So it does feel sometimes like I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And so anticipating needs of your partner or Melissa being able to anticipate what I need in some instances, clearly not in the microwave instance, but in some instances is really, really helpful. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. It's just like kind of a quick one, like things I'm just thinking about. and. Remember, just let people be who they are. The more that you try to control who they are again and again and again, the more it impacts negatively your relationships. Let people be who they are, and then you return to your innermost sphere of you. Recognize and see what the people in your life do for you. And it's okay to try to anticipate a couple of needs. If you know that things are getting done or things that have to get done on a regular basis, just as maintenance things, you know what? Jump in and do it. Help them out. I promise you the women in your life or the people who are responsible for these things, the kin keepers in your life, they are going to be ecstatically grateful for it. I hope that you join us again next week. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that this gives you a little bit of things to think about. As usual, subscribe, leave us a comment. I want to hear what you think about things. We have some awesome episodes coming up. We have an autism episode that is going to be amazing. And we have like an interesting two-part series that's coming on, you guessed it, sex. Yes, that's what we really want to hear about. I know it's on all of our minds. We also have an episode coming on coworkers. Lots and lots of good things coming up. Please join us again. Remember, we're here every Monday, and I cannot wait to have you with us again. Be well. If you want to share your experience, write a comment or contact us on Instagram at relationfixpod or email us at relationfixpodcast at gmail.com and tell us about it. All this information will be available in the show notes as well. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, and share it with your loved ones. 